This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. Parables. The word comes from the Greek and it means to throw alongside. We're going to spend some weeks exploring, reflecting on, learning from the parables of Jesus. These amazing stories in which he takes common events from first century Palestine and he throws them alongside the the invitation that God gives to us uh, to be a part of his kingdom throws them alongside our experiences and choices and asks us to think deeply about what God wants for our future and how we can embrace it together. Parables are adult stories. Now, I know they sound like children's stories, but they actually function for an audience that is maturing and learning and wants to grow. Parables are, in one way, like the stories my mom and dad used to tell me, I loved Uh, having them uh, spin a yarn and sit with me and tell me a story because I felt close to them in those moments. And the stories that Jesus tells will bring you close to God. But when my mom and dad told me bedtime stories, their usual intent was to have a short story and have me go to sleep quickly. Uh, It was to, to settle my mind, to quiet my thinking, and to get me to sleep. Jesus tells his stories to adults to wake us up to get our minds going, to pull us in and make us think more deeply about things that matter profoundly. They're stories told to people who need to wake up to the things of God and to experience this this wonder in what God is doing around us. Parables are big stories. They often present as simple narratives, and as we study some of Jesus' parables, he told a lot of them, we'll have that experience of stepping into something that is pretty sensible, and we've kind of got the dimensions. It's kind of like stepping into a closet, and we're looking for the hooks where we can hang up a few ideas and carry on. But the parables of Jesus surprise us. It's as if that closet opens up into a mansion and we find ourselves with so much to explore. Or better, it's as if we stepped into a wardrobe and the back door opens up to Narnia. And we find ourselves experiencing amazing things that God has for us. This is what the parables do. They wake us up and they take us into God's promises. And they show us the future that God wants and help us to think about how we can embrace it together. In the parables that I'm going to teach from today, Jesus takes the genius of the garden and he throws it alongside the kingdom of God and invites us to explore. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Mark chapter 4 verses 26 to 34. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. 
With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. The genius of the garden. Jesus takes this simple image from everyday life in first century Palestine, and he throws it alongside the kingdom, and he invites us to see some wonderful possibilities, some amazing opportunities for us as his followers. So what is the genius of the garden? Well, the farmer plants his field, and then he goes to bed, and he gets up, and he cycles through his days, which quickly become weeks, and the garden grows of its own accord. It doesn't require him to command it or to contrive it. It grows because that's what gardens do. And his job is to wait patiently, to tend and to serve, and then to harvest. It's the genius of the garden. And you can take something so small as a mustard seed, and when it falls into the ground, it can grow into something that becomes a bird hide. Such is the wonder of this growth that we can experience. Now, throw that alongside the kingdom of God. Throw that alongside our everyday experience, and let's see what we learn. Let's think about seed. What seed can we plant in our lives, in our experiences, in our families? And let's start with the, the, the simplest of seed, kindness and compassion. I think this parable is inviting us to plant seeds of kindness and compassion in our families, in our networks and neighborhoods, and we know that this works. If we, if we engage simple acts of kindness, and if we embrace just straightforward, compassionate actions, and, and we do that faithfully, it grows into something that's really good. And, and we've experienced this. It grows into joy and peace and love in a family environment. The Bible is full of these of examples of this kind of seed. This, this is where we do good works to others. This is where we express hospitality or we speak a word of encouragement. And these simple seeds of kindness and compassion, when planted in a relationship, in a family, in, 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 a, in a network of relationships, it, it flourishes and grows up into something that's quite beautiful, quite a harvest of, of goodness. And so, how does the genius of the garden work? Well, you need, like the farmer in the parable, to plant lots of seed and then to be patient and let the seed do its work. Let the growth occur. So, you speak a word of encouragement and you need to let that grow up. You act in ways in your family that uh, serve and support and help. But what you mustn't do is become impatient or respond with offense. You speak a word of encouragement to someone in your family and you've, it's really heartfelt and you've thought it through and you've spoken it well and then they look at you and they say, huh, what would you know? Well, if you become offended and respond to that with a, an angry tone, you, 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 have, you have lost sight of the wisdom of the garden. You've dug the seed up before it's even had a chance to grow. What we need to do is, is respond with patience. And so lots of seeds of kindness and compassion and wait for God to grow those seeds up. And if we become impatient, did you notice the really wonderful thing I did for you? Did you notice? Did you notice? That's like the gardener who runs out every day and digs up the seed to see if anything's happening, disturbing the process and nothing occurs. But if we live with a Christ-like patience 
and a consistent behavior of planting seeds of kindness and compassion. Amazing things happen. This is so simple, so, so powerful. And I want you to make some commitments in your own heart and mind right now. What, what can you do to plant seeds of, of kindness in your family, compassion in your workplace, in your neighborhood? What does this look like for you? Make some decisions. Make some commitments in your own spirit. Now, I want to take us up a level. I want us to look for some better quality seed, if I could put it that way, some more costly seed. And the things that I've been talking about are absolutely true, but this parable pushes out of the wardrobe into Narnia. It wants to take us to some exciting places where we can apply this wisdom and what the kingdom calls us to. Let's think about sacrifice and loss as seed in God's kingdom. Yes, we plant kindness and compassion, and this grows into wonderful opportunities, but we can also plant sacrifice and loss. We can actually make choices in which we suffer a little for the sake of others, and God will bless those choices and grow up fruit around us. And we can actually take the losses of our journey and experience hope in God in the face of those losses. Now, this part of the teaching today has been a great encouragement to me just in the last while, as I've been thinking in recent weeks about losses in this COVID-19 season. I've been processing in my own life uh, things where I have invested and invested heavily. I've put time into it and energy into it. In some cases, my money into it and my ego energy into it. And now, as I'm holding it, it seems to be falling to the ground. It's, it's as if I'm going to lose it completely. And, and I have this terrible urge to sort of hold on tighter because I don't want to lose these things. And yet I can sense that I'm not in control. And some of these things are going to fall to the ground no matter what I do. And, and maybe I need to let go of some of these things. Maybe, maybe I need to think about loss differently. So the words of Jesus from John's Gospel, chapter 12, have been encouraging me in a wonderful way in this last month. Jesus says, thinking about the genius of the garden, he says, unless the seed, unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it only ever remains one small seed. But as soon as it falls into the ground and dies, it becomes a harvest. It has the potential to yield many seeds that keep this propagation going to the next generation and the next. Unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, the genius of the garden never takes hold. And so I've been thinking about that in the context of losses in this season and realizing that I can actually let go of some things and think of them not as uh, resources that are in the cupboard uh, and they're perishable and if I don't get them into action soon, they're gonna, they're gonna spoil. No, I can think of it as seeds. If I actually put this in God's hands, if I actually release this to God's care, just maybe this will become a seed that multiplies into an amazing harvest. Now that is a very different way to think about loss. And I can do the same thing with sacrificial choices. This is why Jesus says, if you want to follow me, take up your cross and come after me. If you want to be my disciple and you want to find your life, you will need to lose it for my sake and for the gospel's sake. Now, what is happening in these invitations is something that's quite extraordinary 
Jesus is suggesting to us that what happens in the garden doesn't stay in the garden. This mystery of the farmer planting seed, and my goodness, it grows up into something amazing, isn't just for the dirt. It's something that can spill over into our personal development, into our relationships. It can actually spill over into the politics and entertainment, the business and education environments of our culture. That God's work, like the garden, doesn't stay in the garden. Now, this is an amazing faith posture. And if we lean into where this parable is taking us as, it, as we press beyond the wardrobe into the Narnia experience, if you will, it's inviting us to walk by faith and to trust God for something that is incredible. And part of our great challenge is we live in a climate that wants to keep what happens in the garden in the garden. We live in a climate that says that that, that business of growth in the garden, that is just the, the lucky outcome of an evolutionary process. How fortunate are we that gardens do what they do so that we can be nourished as we can be nourished. But that has nothing to do with the rest of life. And here comes Jesus, and he throws the genius of the garden alongside the kingdom of God. And he says, now think about this. You can plant seeds of kindness and compassion, and they'll grow up into a harvest in your family. But you can also plant seeds of sacrifice and loss. You can experience the things that are costly in your life and the things that feel out of control in your life. You can put those into God's hands, and what happens in the garden spills over into the rest of God's creation and our experience of life in Him. Now, if this is not true, if what belongs in the garden stays in the garden, well, then you should clutch onto everything as, as, as tightly as you can because losses are catastrophic. But if this is true, if choices of sacrifice for the sake of others are seed, and if losses in a time like this when we're just not in control are actually seeds, if we can let it fall into the ground and die and become the beginning of a harvest, how exciting is that? It's a different way to live. It's a different way to pray. It's a different way to think about this season that we are walking through. We don't have to clutch at things like straws as if this is our only hope. Our hope is in Christ. And Jesus comes to us with one of his marvelous stories and he throws the genius of the garden alongside our experience in COVID. And he says, think of it this way. Think of the losses as seeds. Imagine what I'm going to grow up. What great harvest there will be as you trust me with your losses. Imagine how transformative the experience will be in your family and in our church and in business and in all these different networks when we live the sacrifice that Jesus calls us to. We take up our cross and we think about others and put them ahead of ourselves and live in this dynamic way. Why would you do that? Because of the genius of the garden which doesn't stay in the garden. This principle of life spills out and it touches our world. Sometimes this is challenging for us to believe because as I say, we live in a culture that wants to keep what happens in the garden in the garden. But you know, it's not like that in all cultures. It's not like that all over the world. In fact, the Christian faith is advancing around the world and there are some cultures and climates where this is put front and center and these convictions drive politics. They drive education and business and entertainment. Just this week, I was so blessed to read words of the Prime Minister of Papua New Guinea, 
who is leading a bill through Parliament to make his nation, to de define his nation as a Christian nation, and who in the National Prayer Breakfast speaks of the importance of putting God forward in the thinking and trusting him as they lead as politicians and as they serve as business people and as they do the work of the nation. We need to posture our Christian conviction, not as uh, a, 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 a weak thought in the midst of a Western culture. We need to posture our Christian thinking globally. And we need to embrace this faith that Jesus calls us to, which declares that what, what happens in the garden doesn't stay in the garden. It spills over into all the domains of life, and there can be growth and newness where you never thought possible. Now, let me take the seeds one level higher. We've talked about planting kindness and compassion, how it grows into peace and love and joy. We've talked about planting sacrifice and loss and how God redeems that and does amazing things. And we see the fruit of that. Let's take it one step further. An individual who so loves God and God so loves this individual that they live this pathway consistently and then lay down his life for all. This is the story of Jesus, who not only planted seeds of kindness and compassion, but actually lived out sacrificially and lived through profound losses, experiencing God's hope. And then the scriptures say that he laid down his life for us all. And as he did that, he was planting this hope of a new creation. The scriptures declare that Jesus did not remain dead, that he rose from the grave. And in the words of Paul to the Thessalonians, we believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. And that, he, and that God will take with him all who are asleep in Jesus. Do you see the image? Jesus has given his one life. And what is the harvest? All of this company of believers and the church of Jesus Christ. This is this garden genius at work, and it spills out of the garden into the grave such that our very lives are caught up in God's eternal hope in Jesus Christ, and, and we experience new life eternal. This is the gospel. And Jesus takes the genius of the garden and he throws it down alongside our commonplace experience, and he says it's not so commonplace. What happens in the garden spills over into all the domains of life. And I am the creator of life and I can do a new work in your midst. I've done it in Jesus. I will do it in your midst and in your life. Trust me, come with me. So this is no bedtime story. This is a story told to adults to wake us up. And this is no, no small story. This is a large story that invites us into the unexpected and the amazing of God's kingdom. That what happens in gardens can happen in graveyards. And the people of God are empowered to live sacrificial lives and to embrace loss and to walk in victory. That is who we are called to be in this season. What a powerful, powerful image Jesus gives to us. We're going to celebrate the communion meal. And if you are with family or friends and you have a bit of food with you, can I just invite you now to serve that to one another as we reflect on the death of Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to remember my death. I want you to keep coming back and remembering this. Why? Because this is where the seed for the kingdom of God is planted.
This is where uh, Jesus' death opens up for us the possibilities of life and eternal hope. This is where Jesus, who is raised from the grave, becomes the first fruit of all of our salvation. And so we remember. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he took a cup. And with his disciples, he invited them to think deeply about his death and what gift it was to all of, uh, all, all of his followers. He broke the bread and he said, this, this is my body which is broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And as often as you meet together and eat this bread and drink this cup, you are remembering me until I come and I am with you again. So I invite you to take of the bread and take the cup and for just a, a quiet moment, uh, sit in silence uh, with those who are around you and just thank God for this gift of the death of Jesus, which is the life of us all. This seed planted in the tomb, which rises up to newness of life and we are the harvest. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, our wonderful Savior, who has given his life as the seed for God's kingdom. Won't you receive him? Won't you welcome his life uh, into your life? And won't you take this journey as a follower of his? Because Jesus knows that what happens in the garden doesn't stay in the garden. And he wants to bring that hope and life and cre new creation to bear on your life. This is the invitation and the discipleship to which we are called. May the Lord be praised forever.